When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Prepare to win this season with PFF Fantasy. Pro Football Focus uses our exclusive data on every play of every game to bring you the best fantasy stats and projections. Join PFF Edge for full access to our expert rankings, draft tools, matchup charts, and of course our award-winning content. Are you a high-stakes player? Join PFF Elite, which includes our premium stats database, green line game picks, and DFS optimizer powered by our fantasy projections. Join PFF Fantasy and prepare to win. Sign up now at ProFootballFocus.com. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, we've got another preseason game in the books. This one, unfortunately, we had some Nick Mullins fourth quarter magic, but it wasn't enough. We lose 16-13 to at Houston to the Houston Texans, and we got a lot of good stuff this episode, so just hang tight. We're going to be breaking down the offense. We're going to be... It, talking about our MVP, whose stock is up and down, and the biggest team takeaways that we can bring from this game. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of drama down the end, which was great. So let's jump right into it without further ado. We had a lot of inactives, especially on the offensive side. Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida, Kittle. So you look at that right there. You kind of have three starters out before the game even started, uh, Gary Gilliam, our swing tackle, Max McCaffrey. So those are kind of the the offensive guys that weren't in there. And, man, one of the best things that happened this whole game, we didn't really have any injuries. Eric Magnuson went out with a hamstring, but it didn't seem severe. That's it. If you go back to our Dallas game in week one, good Lord, I could have talked for 20 minutes on injuries, but luckily we got out of this one healthy and clean, which is always your number one overall goal, and so so that is absolutely wonderful. Now, as far as MVP goes, the most valuable player is Jimmy G, and it's not even close. Holy freaking cow, that guy was just dynamite through two drives, and <laughs> the, the sad thing is he only played two drives, and one of them was ruined by Dante Pettis. Ball went off both of his hands for an interception. They were driving really, really good at the end before the penalties. We'll get into all that, but uh, if I had to pick a second guy or a close second would be Marquise Goodwin. The more time him and Jimmy G are together, the more clear it becomes. Marquise Goodwin is legit. He is the number one wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. It's not even close. Now, I just got through watching Kyle Shanahan's press conference. And basically what he talked about, he talked about the penalties, which the penalties for the 49ers was absolutely trash. 
15 penalties. Listen to this. 15 penalties for 140 yards. That is, gosh, man. The referees sucked on so many different levels this game. And, I, and you know, it's a preseason game. You don't really want to focus so much on you know, winning or losing, so on and so forth. But, man, this game, the refs were such a huge factor. But Kyle Shanahan talked about that and just how they're unacceptable. Uh, Garnett got in and got some playing time. And he said that it's great that he got a lot of reps in because he got in on the very second series. He went in with the starting five, or I guess starting four. They took Pearson off, and Garnett went in there. And Shanahan mentioned how he's never had four straight practices, so he seems healthy. Uh, he looked okay. And if he can just stay healthy, I, I think that's going to be key for him. The running back situation, Kyle Shanahan said it's going to come down to the end with all of them. Because nobody's separating them. And he even said the O-line did a much better job and gave better space this week in the run game. But still did not block very well at all. So, alright, let's jump into just kind of our drives of the game. So, our starters were out there for the first two drives and it was just incredible. We go out there, drive straight down the field, touchdown pass to Trent Taylor after converting a couple third downs and even a fourth down. The next drive's looking great. We get all the way into the red zone, then huge penalties, 25 yards on one play penalties, both against Weston Richburg. Drive us out, then we throw an interception off Dante Pettis' hands, and that was it for Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's out there, two great drives. Uh, we'll talk about his stats in a second. Then comes the dark time. C.J. Beathard steps in and played awful, by far was just trash. Listen to the summary of these drives. Punt. Punt. Three and out. Three and out. Field goal, but no first downs on the drive. Uh, the field goal came because we got a fumble recovery and had amazing field position, and we were in field goal range to start that drive. Three and out. Punt. He put together zero scoring drives. Zero. He was absolutely just abysmal. You know, last week I talked about how he sh the number two job should be safe. And now I don't think it's safe anymore. <laughs> it's not. And then the last two drives with Nick Mullins, he came in and he threw an interception, which had nothing to do with him. It wasn't a good pass, but it bounced off the chest of Joe Williams into the other player's hands. And then he drove 70-plus yards to kick the game, uh, the go-ahead field goal with about a minute left. And could have been the winning drive again, back-to-back -back games. But anyway, so... That's kind of where we are, and those are the drives. Now let's go in and let's just walk through these positions, go over stats, who improved, who didn't, and some highlights that stood out. And again, this is the offensive breakdown. I'll be back with the defensive breakdown here in about two to three days, so just hold tight. Uh, the defensive film is a lot of fun, but I always want to make sure that <laughs> I, I break it up because if I do, I do everything in one, we're going to be here for an hour and a half, which I'm okay with, but I want to make sure that you hear it all. So... Jimmy G, he goes 10 for 12 for 136 yards, one touchdown, one interception, zero sacks. Kind of the most bizarre stat of the day. There were zero sacks in this game. <laughs> we didn't sack them, and they didn't sack us. So that, that doesn't happen very often. But Jimmy Garoppolo ends with 107 passer rating, and a lot of that has to do with that one interception, which was not his fault. He did throw it a little high to Dante Pettis on a deep in route on third down. But, um, you know, it, it should have been fine. It hit him in both of his hands. But you take that out, and it's a damn near perfect game. He, he looked 
absolutely incredible. Right off the bat, he has one of the best deep ball passes I have ever seen him make on third down to Goodwin. And, man, if you want to know who Jimmy Garoppolo likes, you just have to look at third down. He, he Two third down passes to Trent Taylor, two third down passes to Marquise Goodwin, one third down pass on a naked bootleg to Cole Hicatini wide open. So he, he's he got his favorites, and he makes that very, very clear. He made a really bad read to Pierre Garçon right off the bat on a rub route. Uh, not necessarily would have been intercepted, but it, it was definitely a bad pass. Great patience on fourth and one. You know, Kyle Shanahan was talking about this play. He was supposed to be looking to the left side of the field. That that was kind of the predestined read was he was supposed to go through the read progression on the left side. Looked, 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 nothing there. Scrambled, amazing O-line, you know, protection, all that stuff. Looks to kind of run, and he, see Kyle, he sees Kyle Juszczyk just sitting on the sidelines wide open. Throws it out to him perfect and almost got the touchdown on that play. But just great fourth and one patience. And that's the thing about Jimmy G. The scheme stuff, you could talk about that. But the patience, the pocket awareness, the read progression, that is what he brings. And his ball placement this game was much better than the first game out there. So uh, that, that's kind of him. He only got two drives, but man, he, he was looking good. Then CJ comes in, his stats, 10 of 17 for 82 total yards. That is very, very poor. No touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 71% passer rating. The one thing that we could take away from C.J. Beathard is that he didn't turn the ball over, and he didn't take sacks. So outside of that, you know, I mean, definitely not very good. He got in there on the third drive, and like I said, his he looked really, really bad. Um, he, he is going to be one of the main losers of this game. He did scramble pretty well. <laughs> he had a really good run. Uh, it was kind of a predestined call or predestined read where he pulls it, kind of that zone read thing, but it was a predetermined pull is what I should say. Ran for a really good first down, and then he scrambled out of some pressure and <laughs> ran past the line of scrimmage by about four yards and then tried to pass it. So he had some interesting interesting plays and reads because he just looks uncomfortable. He looks rushed. He looks frantic. And that's not good. You need to be calm and collected and poised if you're going to be a successful quarterback. And we've seen him have that. You know, I've said in the past, he usually plays a lot better after he gets the crap knocked out of him. And that wasn't the case this time. Um, it, it just didn't work. Missed a wide open Dante Pettis on a deep, uh, what would have been a touchdown. He had his defender beat by about four yards behind him and just overthrew him. And just, man, probably my biggest problem that I had with him Twice on third down, he threw the ball short of the sticks. And part of this is the route run by the wide receiver. But he did this twice. It was third and six, and he threw a four-yard stop route. And then it was third and seven later on, and he checked down to the freaking running back with his back to the first down. Like, ugh, it drives me insane. I can't stay in that. But his best play was a pass to Aldrick Robinson when he was getting hit, just made an absolutely perfect throw while getting hit. The problem was it got wiped out by a holding call. So his best play got negated, and you're going to hear that a lot because with 15 penalties, good gosh, the receptions and all kinds of first downs wiped off the board. It was just trash. So huge stock down for C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins, man. I don't know if he can keep going up, but six for seven for 87 yards, zero touchdowns. One interception. Again, that interception had nothing to do with him. 
Um, it was a four-yard pass that he probably shouldn't have made it because he was going to get tackled right away. Joe Williams was, but hit him right in the chest and just he couldn't catch it. So 78 overall passer rating, which, you know, it, it's funny because he threw this interception and still had a better passer rating than C.J. Beathard. He came in in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left, and he drove all the way down the field. You know, he put us in a position to win because we were backed up. We were on our own eight-yard line. He drives 70-plus yards, and we kick a field goal with about a minute 45 left. And it should have been enough to win. And we were playing for a field goal. That's the, the bad thing was I understand playing for a field goal. We had the ball on about the 20, and we just did three runs straight up the middle to burn Houston's timeouts. But I was like, man, this kid is playing hot. He made this amazing float pass where he scrambled out to his left and floated it against his body over two defenders and underneath the linebacker that was coming. I mean, it was awesome. I wanted to see this guy. I want the ball in his hands. I wanted a touchdown at the end. But it is what is it what it is. And Nick Mullins had another positive game. I, I'm curious to see. Will Kyle Shanahan give him some reps with the twos? Is he brave enough to kind of go against his guy? The guy he pounded on the table for and that he wanted in CJ Beathard? I want to see it. I want to see it. Now. Let's get to the worst part about this entire team performance, and that is the damn running back position. Sorry to cuss, but damn, the running backs were terrible. By far the weakest point of our entire team. Jeremy McNichols goes out there, and he basically was the starter for the entire game. He was everywhere. Uh, He had 10 rushing attempts, but once the snap counts come out, and I can kind of look that up, I guarantee you, He had 70% of the snaps, if not more. He was out there the entire game. 10 rushes for 28 yards. That is just gross. Less than three yards per rush. And then three catches for 19 yards on four targets. And the sad thing is, he was more productive than the other guy. (laughs) He was awful, but he was still better. And it's, it's interesting. Kyle Shanahan has talked about this. He wants to see each guy have their moment and have their chance. Last week was Mostert, who went out there first, got the most carries and all that stuff, and looked great. Also looked great in the special teams again this week. But he didn't get any running back carries this week. It was all McNichols and Williams with a little bit of the undrafted kid out of North Texas, uh, Jeff Wilson. But, I mean, this was mostly Nichols' chance to shine. He did not. Slipped on the two-yard line whenever he could have scored a touchdown. Very slow through the hole. He had, he he didn't look like he was excited to be in there. He just looked like a guy, a Jag, J-A-G, just a guy. That's what we would always say whenever I used to coach. Like, when we were making personnel, eh, he's, he's a jag. You put him wherever. There's nothing special. And that's kind of what he see. He needs to have something that sets him apart. Probably the best and most positive thing that he came away with is he had a great catch where he got drilled over the middle, but he held on, tackled a little bit short of the first down, and we had to punt because that was C.J. Beathard's fault. But still, there's some positives here. They're just very, very small, so... You do whatever you you want with that. Now, Joe Williams was god-awful, probably one of the worst running back performances I have ever seen. Eight rushes for 18 yards. Eight rushes for 18 yards. Two catches for 14 yards on three targets, and one of those was an interception. Uh, He got in on the second drive and just 
man, right off the bat, they do an outside toss, and he has the chance to turn it inside for a first down, but he's going to have to take a hit. He just steps out of bounds. Like, he didn't want to take a hit, and he looked scared to take a hit the entire game. You know, I've been very critical of Joe Williams because, again, like, the the coach in me just says, what the hell, kid? Wake up. Do you want to be here? You got to fight sometime. But it seemed like he was playing with the mindset of, well, I already made the roster because other guys are hurt. I just need to stay healthy. And I don't think that's very good. Uh, he really does seem scare, scared to hit. And probably one of the best hits he had was on punt return. He was blocking, and he tackled our own damn punt returner. <laughs> he actually had a really good block, but then he quit on the block and turned around to watch his own ball carrier run. And whenever he turned around, his ball carrier ran right into him and he knocked him down. So that was Richie James on that one. But I, I'm just, man, I, I, I could not, I, I do not want Joe Williams to make this team. I really, really don't. Unless he changes, it should be his turn up next in our next game. So it sh that's what should be the case. And if that happens, then who knows? Maybe he'll do better. So uh, Mostert, like I said, he didn't get any plays at running back, but he had an amazing hit um, on punt return as a gunner. That's kind of what he does. And he got called for a flag. It was ridiculous. He had his head to the side. He didn't even initiate contact with his head. But whatever. The penalties are going to be a mess in the preseason. And that's the thing. If you're an NFL fan, understand they do this every time there's a new rule. They over-exaggerate the rule calling in the preseason to set the tone. And then they back off of that for the regular season. So just understand it's not going to be like this once the season starts. Just take a deep breath. It's going to get there. Um, now, Alfred Morris, the new signee this week, didn't get in. He has been getting some snaps in practice, but next week I, I do expect to see him in the rotation. So um, now I want to talk just real briefly about my boy Jeff Wilson. Five rushes for 20 yards, the undrafted free agent, uh, the fighting mean green. <laughs> University of North Texas, he had two catches for 17 yards on two targets. And one of his catches, it was split out in an empty set, the two-minute drill with Nick Mullins in there at QB. And... Man, he ran a really good route and had made a nice natural pass catch. Like, I liked this kid. He was by far more productive than the other two backs combined. So I, I would love to see him get in there. And he passed the eye test as well because he looked the part. He looked quick. He looked excited to be there. And all the yeah, I, I really like that kid. So I, I'm hoping he gets a little bit more in the rotation. Now, Kyle Juszczyk, he had two catches for 29 yards on two targets, and they were both pretty big plays. Um, that fourth and one was huge. Pierre Garçon had one catch for 17 on two targets. He got his first catch from Jimmy G on the second drive, which was nice. Um, I want him more in the fold. As I have said on here before, I'm a little worried about Pierre Garçon, but today was helpful because he looked his way early um, on both drives, and I, I think that that's going to be nice because he's going to compliment Goodwin. And Goodwin, as I have said, Three catches for 61 yards on three targets. That is efficient. And if you think about it, he was targeted on the first three third downs. Like, Jimmy loves this guy. So just keep that in mind. Trent Taylor, two catches for seven yards, one touchdown on three targets. He actually dropped a ball, which, you know, we never see that from Mighty Mouse. But it was really, really good coverage, and he got hit over the middle. And so, it, you know, he dropped it. You give him some slack. It's his first time back. 
whatever else. We know who Trent Taylor is. That guy's just special. So, uh, man, he it's pretty cool watching him run routes because every single route he runs is right at the first down line or the touchdown line. Like, he knows. He has this incredible sense where he always knows where his route is. And that's very important. A lot of people don't have that field awareness that he does. But Trent Taylor played great. Dante Pettis, another up-and-down game. Man, two catches for 32 yards on four targets. He got in, and it's kind of cool because the second play of the game, they put in Dante Pettis, and they run a reverse with him. Now, he got tackled for a five-yard loss, which wasn't necessarily his fault. A uh, guy came free and stayed at home. That was just good defensive technique. But you can see Kyle Shanahan is trying to get this guy the ball. And the reason why, if you saw that slant route, again, if you if you don't follow me on Twitter, please go do that. Or don't follow me. Just look at the thing. I don't care if you follow me. But the videos that I put on there, I, I cut up the film, and I show it, and I – tweeted out during the game and then I talk about it on here his slant route his it was it was a thing of beauty it was just a simple slant route but he set the defender up in such a way that the defender almost fell down and he had about four and a half yards separation whenever he caught it and so he took a slant route for 20 yards in the middle of the field there's something that this kid has that other people in the NFL do not the space that he creates is second to none so go check that out. It's a bummer because he should have had probably four catches for 100 yards and a touchdown because when CJ overthrew him, he was, man, he burned his guy because he's got crazy speed. The guy's super talented. Burbridge, he didn't really do much. He had one catch for 16 yards on three targets. He ran a very nice slant route, and that started that fourth quarter drive with Nick Mullins. Victor Bolden, man, I was pretty upset with him. He He kind of... He was trying to do too much, and so he didn't get in until very, very late, and he's trying to make the most of his opportunity, and I understand that. But we had about 20 seconds left on the clock, and we were down three points, and he made two boneheaded decisions. Again, exactly, we just talked about Trent Taylor and his field awareness and how he understands what's going on in the game. It's the exact opposite with Victor Bolden because what happened was he caught the ball nine yards deep in the end zone on kickoff return and hesitated and then chose to take off. If the coach told him to do that, that's one thing. But that was a dumb move because you wasted nine seconds on that kickoff return and you only got six yards. So anyway, there's that. Then what happens next is there's about 10 I think it was exactly 10 seconds left on the clock. They throw a 30-yard, Nick Mullins throws a 30-yard strike to Victor Bolden. Great route, great catch, all those things. But we had a timeout. He catches the ball with about four seconds left on the clock, and he starts juking in the middle of the field 30 yards away from the freaking end zone. Like, if he would have just went down or had the awareness to understand, man, clock's going down, I can't score a touchdown, I can't get out of bounds, I need to get down, we have a timeout. And if he would have done that, we could have tied it. I don't even know if we wanted to tie it at that point. We could have at least done a Hail Mary at that point. But it, just little things that show you're not in the game. I, his effort is immense. I, I love his attitude, but you have to check that and be smart. So, man, it really bothered me. And the fact that he had a huge game last week and then he didn't get in until super late this week, man, it kind of worries me because – not only does he have his suspension, I, I don't think that he's going to be making this 53-man roster anyway. 
Kendrick Bourne got a lot of snaps in, but you know he was in with C.J. Beathard, so there wasn't really a lot going on. One catch for six yards on one target. Richie James didn't get in until much, much later. And I think a lot of that had to do with Trent Taylor coming back. You know, Richie James started last week, week one, and looked amazing. This week, <laughs> his, his stat line's interesting. One catch for one yard on three targets. But he did look good in the punt return category. He had 18-yard punt return where he looked really, really good. And I think I missed talking about Pettis's punt return where he broke three tackles in one punt return he only got 11 yards but it still looked really really good that kid looks special uh i know i talk about him a lot sorry about that um now cole hickatini played pretty good he got a lot of playing time uh amazing third down conversion on a naked bootleg but it got wiped out because of a penalty um and then he did it again later on and that one was uh stood but anyway let's jump over now let's talk about the big boys the big boys. Um, and actually, before I do that, I want to talk about our sponsor. Sorry about that. Game Day Sports and Memorabilia.com. If you haven't head, headed over there, these guys are just legit. I, I spend way too much time on this site now that they, they kind of got me hooked. But they have new stuff all the time. And so, you know, it's very easy. You can just search 49ers gear or whatever it is that you're looking for. And it's all backed with guarantee and documentation so that you know that you're, whatever you are getting is authentic. Whether that's an autographed jersey, helmet, playing card, magazine, poster, whatever it is. Because they've got some pretty weird, obscure stuff that I can't find other places, and I love that. So head over to Game Day Sports and Memorabilia for any type of birthday present or Christmas stuff. Uh, and if you don't... I can't stand getting gifts, but if somebody got me something on there, I'm just saying I would be really happy. So every time my wife asks me, what do you want for your birthday? She doesn't sound like that, but <laughs> she does ask me that I could say, you know what? Something from this site would be pretty cool. So game day sports and memorabilia, head over there and check that out. Now, offensive line, our starters, and they play pretty good. Not a run game. It was improvement, still bad, but uh, Joe Staley, Lakin Tomlinson, Weston Richburg, Pearson, and McGlinchey. So the exact same five as last week, and McGlinchey looked good. So let, let's start with the bad, and then let's work to the good. Weston Richburg, our high-priced center, one of our key free agents that we brought over. Man, he was awful. And not bad, not like average. I'm talking awful. There was one succession of plays where he got beat three times in a row by two different nose nose tackles. So he looked really, really bad. He gets a holding call in the red zone. You know, we're about to score on the second drive, despite him getting beat three times in a row. They call holding on him, and it was a bad call. Like, I went back and watched it several times. It wasn't holding. It wasn't close to holding, but whatever. So that's a 10 yards off, whatever. And then he says something to the ref and gets another 20, another 15 yards unsportsmanlike conduct. So he backed us out of the red zone 25 yards. And then the next play, we get a freaking interception. And it's just this. these are the things of losing teams that bother me. Uh, one mistake compounds and turns into two mistakes. And then that gets bigger and turns into a turnover. Good teams are able to overcome difficulties, obstacles. 
but bad teams cannot do that. So I want to see improvement from Richburg because he could not have had a worse game. Um, whether that's his blocking assignments, getting beating pass pro, or attitude, and all those things. So he needs to step his game up. Staley, Staley's awesome all the time. He did have a false start, which was a bummer. But Tomlinson, man, good Lord. It, it's crazy to think that this guy might be one of our top-tier offensive linemen. Um, I was worried about the left guard spot and right guard spot. Now my, <laughs> I have shifted that to center and right guard. Tomlinson's a lock, man. That kid, that kid's special. McGlinchey looked great. Uh, the second run play of the game, he drove his guy about seven yards deep. The problem was we ran it to the left side, not the right side, and we lost yards in that play. But <laughs> just the fact that the play was going away from him and he was pissed off and went and got after it was great. Pearson. Gave up way too much space in the pass game. He is looking better in the run game. He's getting a little bit movement, but we know who Pearson is. Pearson is, well, we can rely on him. He's not good, but we can rely on him. I, I really do believe that if everything worked out well, Joshua Garnett would be the starter or Cooper would be the starter. But Pearson has just been reliable. And the number one ability in the NFL is durability. Uh, it's an old saying. And if you can't stay healthy, there's no way you're going to get the reps. There's no way you're going to get the playing time. So Joshua Garnett, he comes in on the second drive, and he looked good. I, I was very, very happy. He moved well. He got to the second level a few different times. Uh, he did get beat inside on a pass rush one time, and that's okay. But, man, he was next to McGlinchey, and they had a perfect combo block where they worked outside of the defensive end on a double team, and then McGlinchey moved on to the linebacker, and it was just like, oh, man, this is what it could be. So so it was great. Now, his hands went on his hips early. You could definitely tell he's out of shape with his knee. He hasn't been keeping up. It seemed like his conditioning hasn't been good enough for game-time stuff, but, eh. We'll see what it is. Also of note, Andrew Lauderdale, the undrafted rookie out of New Hampshire, was our swing tackle. He came in at left tackle, and he looked all right. He looked all right. You could tell it was his first uh, kind of game scenario. He's got to improve, but he looked okay. Jonathan Cooper, he came in very, very late. He got worked with the threes and fours, and he was okay. Not not great. I, our offensive line is rough, man. We, we've got to step up our, our game. But Colton Shelton, he got some snaps at center late and looked pretty good. I, I was pretty happy with that because Magnuson went down. So that gave an opportunity for Coleman to get in there. And Man, he, he didn't look bad at all. And, of course, our big man, Williams, gosh, he, he struggled. <laughs> he went in at right tackle this week. He was left tackle last week. Uh, Daryl Williams, he gets it at right tackle, and again, like I, he's way too high every time. He gets put on skates, and what I mean by that is he just gets pushed straight back into the quarterback every play. It, he doesn't give up sacks, but it's not nice throwing with the big old dude right in front of your face that's on your own team. So that's the breakdown for all the offensive guys. Um, I, I want to go over just a couple just team stats right now. We only had 17 first downs. That's awful. Um, total yards, we outgained them, 389 to 323. Again, you want to be over 400 yards. That's kind of your metric for a decent offensive day. But we, we were below that. 305 yards passing, I'm cool with that. 84 yards rushing, 3.1 yards per rush is just trash. Uh, throw that in the garbage. So, you know, and two turnovers. That That's unacceptable, and they were both 
off of dropped passes. One Dante Pettis and one Joe Williams. So that's where we are. So stay tuned. I've got I'll have the defensive breakdown coming up here in about 3 days. And if you haven't already, go hit subscribe on iTunes. That is the best way to help us out as a podcast. Uh, there's something about just getting those subscriptions and those downloads through iTunes that drives everything. So really appreciate you guys. And again, go follow Statman Clayton Cadeau. Um, go follow him on Twitter at Cadeau Clayton and follow me at JL underscore Chapman. Really appreciate the time. Stay strong, faithful. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.